Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 290. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I get to have an amazing member of the Blueprint Live Online team join me to bust MCAT myths, break down MCAT exams, or just talk in general about what to do if you don't score as well as you you want. And that's a little foreshadowing to a new series we have coming up as soon as we finish the Blueprint MCAT Diagnostic, which is this week. We are finishing our breakdown of the Blueprint MCAT Diagnostic Exam covering Psych-Soch Discrete Part 2 for the Diagnostic Exam. Remember, you get this Diagnostic Exam for free by creating a free Blueprint MCAT account over at blueprintmcat.com. We are jumping into how to prep for the MCAT, a little uh, four-week series here, first year, second year, third year, non-trad MCAT prep, uh, all about prepping for the MCAT, and then jumping into a, hey, I didn't score as well as I wanted to in general, or I didn't score as well as I wanted to in a specific section. We'll have a a several-week series jumping into those. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to get all of those amazing episodes for free every single week. Let's go and jump into our episode today. Ali, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. Are you excited to wrap up the half-length diagnostic today? I'm very excited. This this has been so fun going over these questions from your perspective. Yeah, it's uh, it it's it's been very interesting for me, um, and I hope reassuring for students. Again, ultimately, at the end of the day, the goal show students not necessarily right and wrong. Uh, it's it's fun to learn the little tidbits like last week, thymus and T-cells, uh, but really ultimately thought process because that's the ultimate goal of doing well in the MCAT is remembering that you can probably get a lot of points just by thought process, having the correct thought process to get to the right answer. That's the goal. So uh, we are finishing up with the psych soch passage or uh, the psych soch section rather. doing our last set of discretes. Again, everyone can get this half-length diagnostic for free at blueprintmcat.com by signing up for a free account. So go do that and go take this test or just follow along with with us if you want to uh, improve your MCAT score, which I think, like, who doesn't want to improve their MCAT score? That's the goal. All right, let's uh, let's rock and roll. I'm going to start with question 28. 
Students investigating Weber's law notice that one student is just able to perceive that a black circular dot on a sheet of paper is larger than another dot when the first dot is 100 millimeters across and the second is 115 millimeters across. If the same student is presented with a black circular dot that is 50 millimeters across, which of the following is the diameter of a dot that the student would just be able to per perceive as being larger? All right, so I have no idea what Weber's law is other than it's saying, hey, here's a thing where you can perceive differences in size. Yeah. Uh, one is 100, one is 115, so it's 15% larger. Uh, and so if I take 50 millimeters and say, okay, what's 15% larger? Um, then I would go, it's 65. So answer choice D is 65. And I hope I get that right. Um, so I think you're right on your logic. <laughs> we need to review a bit of the, like the, you did the math too quickly, maybe. Okay. So, so just real quick answer choices here, 35, 42.5, 57.5 and 65. So Let's let's uh, let's rewind and see where I messed up my math. Help me, help me out, Ali. Yeah. So uh, it's fifteen percent greater than fifty. That's what we want, right? Correct. Fifteen percent of fifty is not fifteen. Fifteen percent of hundred is fifteen. So oh, it's seven point five. Yes. Darn it! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just dumb math. Uh, obviously, they wanted to trick me and put 65 there. Yes. Why did I say 15? That is so weird. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, 7.5, which is 57.5. Perfect. Okay. That's our answer. <laughs> I swear, I'm really good at math. Uh, I was just, I was trying it's to. It's an easy mistake. And yeah. AMC is so good at trying to think what kind of mistakes someone moving too fast or someone yeah. overthinking or someone forgetting part of the equation would do yep. and include those in the answer choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a little cocky with that one. Oh, well. Uh, 15% of 50 is definitely seven and a half. All right, got it. 29. Cool. Roman, you wrote a question. So which of the following would not qualify as negative reinforcement? So before we get into those Roman numeral questions, let's go over negative reinforcement. So mm. Ryan, you're approaching this question. What's negative reinforcement? Negative, minus sign, taking away something. Perfect. All right, we're gonna take away something to reinforce the behavior. Yep. So no chores for you because you got an A on the test. No chores for you because you were actually studying hard this week. Yep. So this would be an example of negative reinforcement. Got it. It's a Roman numeral question. And we're looking, it's both a Roman numeral question and a not question. So it's kind of like a lot of tricks mm. you know, with, with this one, but we'll, we'll approach it systematically. Roman yep. numeral question, we'll start with a Roman numeral occurring in exactly two of the answer choices to eliminate two from our first try. So which one would you want to start with? Uh, so Roman numeral two is only in two of the answers. Perfect. Roman numeral three is only in two of the answers. So one of those. One of those. Okay, perfect. We'll start with Roman numeral two. Okay. A parent wants to get his son to stop playing video games right after school and says that he will make his son mow the lawn nope. on the weekend <laughs> if the son continues to play video games right after school. Are we looking to reinforce the behavior? Uh, we 
we're looking to reinforce the behavior, but we're adding something and not taking something away. Perfect. Yeah, I'm looking to reinforce studying or something, but I'm punishing the video games, right? So yep. this would not be negative reinforcement. Therefore, is it in or is it out? It's out. So it's out on negative reinforcement. Correct. But we're, we're asked for what's not, not. negative reinforcement. So this is in. This is in. <laughs> oh, yeah. you got to be so careful. See, All right. Yeah, so, so, two, very, very careful. so two is a right answer. Perfect. So we're left with answer choice B or answer choice D. Perfect. So, so between, between those two, uh, Roman numeral one is in both of them. Roman numeral Perfect. three is only in one. So let's go with three. Perfect. We'll go to three. A researcher wants to teach rats to press a lever. So each time the rat presses the lever, a loud irritating alarm <laughs> bell is shut off um, uh, for a few minutes. Mm. So that sounds like, right, we're reinforcing something. We want the the rat to do something. Perfect. We took yes. away a loud, uh -huh. irritating alarm bell. So this is negative reinforcement, which means it's not the right answer because we're looking for not. So three Perfect. is not a right answer, which leaves us answer choice B, one and two only, without even looking at Roman numeral one. Excellent, yes. So this strategy is only geared towards not having to read all three Roman numerals. So yeah. we can save time by following this strategy. Obviously, if you started with one, you could have answered it maybe just as fast, but it's not a guarantee because like starting with one is kind of like the high risk, high reward mm -hmm. because uh, there's a chance you only eliminate one, but there's a chance you eliminate three. So I, I go with, I will always eliminate two if I start with Roman numeral two. So I think that's the safest bet on every question. Got it. Awesome. Uh, answer choice B. And last question. Disulfiram is a common drug used to treat alcoholism by inhibiting the body's ability to process uh, acetaldehyde. Acetaldehyde builds up if alcohol is ingested, resulting in flushing, nausea, and discomfort. This kind of treatment is an example of... All right, so... Uh, we're we're basically treating something to give someone uh, a negative, uh, not in the negative positive sense, but a bad a, a bad reaction to drinking alcohol. So a operate extinction, B a conditioned stimulus, C aversive conditioning, or D social cues. So I'm drawn to see immediately, right? Aversive is kind of like we want to avoid uh, aversive. So even without thinking of the other ones, like I, I think C is the right answer just because I like the word aversive. Um, but let me see if if I can get to uh, something else, right? So operate extinction. We A couple weeks ago, we had uh, a couple, like a passage or two ago, we had one where it was behavioral extinction. And you talked about uh, that being, right, if, if I'm training a dog to sit, I give them a, a Scooby snack every time and I no longer give them a Scooby sack, then that command sit no longer works because they're like, well, I'm not getting a reward for it. So I'm just going to forget what this is all about. Operant extinction, like to me, I think of operant conditioning. Isn't that uh, the whole uh, like Pavlov's dog, operant conditioning, like stimulus and response? Um, um. 
that would be classical, but oh, classical. operand is the is what we were talking about. Okay. Right? With the dog example, the dog. that's an example of operand. Yeah. So it's a very similar concept. Yeah. So um more of the same concept, yeah. Yeah. So again, I'm not taking something away. I'm not like a person's not forgetting something. They're they're ingesting something, feeling bad about it, and then going, exactly. I, I don't think I like this yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna get rid of that. Uh, be a conditioned stimulus, right? I am conditioning. I, I'm drinking alcohol uh, and I'm feeling bad. And so that's definitely seems appropriate, but is that the treatment condition stimulus? Maybe, I don't know. So I'm gonna leave B in there. Aversive conditioning, again, like the word aversive to me is like, I want to avoid aversive. Seems like that, I don't know. Maybe I'm just drawn to aversive too too much. D social cues just doesn't fit with this one. So I'm left with B and C. And I'm gonna pick C just because I like the word aversive, even though that's probably the red herring and it's it's trying to... Trust no, me. C is our correct answer. Ooh. The red herring is actually B because okay. this is the unconditioned stimulus, not the conditioned stimulus. So okay. uh, let's talk about uh, aversive conditioning. So mm. aversive conditioning is a type of classical conditioning. Okay. And it's exactly what you said. We want to avoid something. So let's say I'm, I, I smoke, or in this case, like it's for, for alcoholism. Mm. So let's say every time I drink an alcohol, they give me this treatment. So... This is the job of this chemical is to give me flushing nausea and discomfort. That's the unconditioned stimulus. You didn't have to condition me for this, but every time you give me this drug, this is what the drug does. Mm. It's unconditioned. I didn't need training for me to feel this way after taking the drug. But the conditioned stimulus in here would be the alcohol. Because after, let's say, a few weeks of doing this, every time I see the alcohol, now the nausea I feel in response to the drug transfers to the alcohol. And that's the conditioning I'm doing. So the alcohol now makes me feel nauseous. Therefore, I will drink less. So um, B would be like applies to alcohol, not the drug. C is the correct answer. We are, The treatment is aversive conditioning. We're trying to... Uh, mostly stop drinking by associating, it's called associative learning, by associating the negative um, uh, response to the drug to with the alcohol. Okay. So why C is the correct answer and B is our red herring. Okay. What what would social cues be? I mean, it seems straightforward, but for the yeah. NCAT, what, what would social cues look like? Yeah, so these are like nonverbal cues that in society we use in communication like facial expression or body mm. language like more like symbolic interactions what about what about like like smokers have their own section and aren't welcome with everyone else is that a social cue uh it has to be like in an interaction okay. so i wouldn't say it's a social cue itself like this would be an example of like positive punishment on the drinking uh, on the um, on the smoking like you're smoking you have to go with the in the smokers section even though that section could be very fun so <laughs> it's yeah got it got it all right so we finished uh Psychos. we finished the half-length diagnostic so here on the mcat podcast we've covered blueprint mcat full length 10 we've covered full length one 
and we've covered now the half-length diagnostic. All of those are available for free in podcast form uh, on the YouTube channel. So go watch those, go take those tests. Um, Full-length one and the half-length diagnostic, everyone gets for free at blueprintmcat.com with a free account where you get lots of other free goodies too, like a a customized study schedule tool, 1600 plus flashcards on a space repetition platform and uh, much more. And then full length 10, as well as the other uh, eight full lengths uh, you can yes. get um, by purchasing some full lengths from Blueprint MCAT, which are the best third-party exams out there. So yes, Ali, thanks for closing out the half-length diagnostic with me. Um, I actually did pretty well, right? Over the last couple passages and the last uh, couple discrete sections, I think I only missed a couple questions. So uh, yeah. I think I think maybe uh, a 124 because that that scale on <laughs> on the the psych so section is not very friendly. Yeah, yeah, not not 124 though, not that harsh. <laughs> like you did great. Um, yeah, thank you for having me uh, on on the podcast. And uh, I just want to point out, like, this podcast has so much more than the test reviews. Like, we're very grateful you're doing this test review of the half-length and the, the two full-length exams. But uh, I have to say, like, all of my tutoring students watch your podcast. They they love the advice they're getting here on, on prepping for the MCAT. And like what to do as an undergrad. I know yeah. like it's a, it's a very stressful time being a pre-med and the podcast is helping a lot. So uh, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, you are welcome. Thank you everyone for following along. We have more great MCAT content coming along. So don't unsubscribe just yet. <laughs> All right, there you have it. Again, PsychSoch Discrete Part 2 from the Blueprint MCAT Diagnostic Exam, which everyone gets for free over at blueprintmcat.com. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.